0: You are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. I'm Julia, your host. How are you doing? I hope you're doing great. In this week's news, a big rig plows through a bridge, bridge railing, killing a driver in a fatal plunge. A driver was killed after a semi truck plunged off the side of a bridge in Louisiana Monday. The accident happened on October 21st at around 7.30 in Iberville, Paris, Louisiana. According to Louisiana State Police, 50-year-old Mississippi truck driver John Cloninger was traveling west along Interstate 10 when he suddenly veered off the roadway and crashed into the I-10 Basin Bridge railing before plunging over the side and onto the ground below. Cloninger was found dead at the scene. Officers who responded to the crash reported that Cloninger was unrestrained at the time of the crash and sustained fatal injuries, end quote. According to Channel 9 News, an initial police statement suggested that officials believe Cloninger may have fallen asleep at the wheel causing the crash, but investigators are still looking into the cause of the incident and the possibility of drowsy driving was not mentioned in the official Police report. A toxicology sample taken from Cloninger at the scene is still being analyzed, according to New Orleans Channel 2 News. And another truck driver plummets 30 feet while exiting a wrecked rig. A Missouri truck driver involved in a minor wreck was injured um, Monday, October 21st in Tipton Ford, Missouri. According to the Joplin News, a motorist was traveling south along Interstate 49 near the Shoal Creek Bridge when it, quote, struck a deer in the roadway, lost control, and was struck by a semi, end quote, sending the semi truck precariously close to the edge of the bridge. 28-year-old truck driver Matt Spellman was uninjured in the initial crash, but as he was exiting his wrecked rig, he fell nearly 30 feet off the bridge and onto the rocky shore of the Shoal Creek. Spellman is said to have been, quote, awake and alert, end quote, as he was loaded into the ambulance, but his current condition was not known at the time. And a truck driver was sentenced to prison for theft of meat. A California truck driver has been sentenced to prison for stealing a load of meat. 37-year-old truck driver Gangam Avertisian was sentenced to 15 months in federal prison on Monday, October 21st, after pleading guilty to one count of wire fraud in May of this year. According to the San Diego Tribune, Avitazane, probably, maybe Swedish, was working with a business in, uh, Olathe, Kansas under the false name of Robert Ivanov and was supposed to deliver the shipment of meat to three separate locations in California. Prosecutors say that Avitazane picked up the meat at a packet plant in Omaha, Nebraska, but never delivered it. Lovely. Yeah, that's grand larceny. And, a truck driver firing a pellet gun while driving was taken into custody. A truck driver was arrested Tuesday, the 22nd of October, firing a pellet gun at passing motorists as he drove. Police say 31 year old truck driver Leslie Dion Hines was driving down. Highway 169 southbound near Road 400 when he began shooting a pellet gun at passing motorists through his open window. Police were called and quickly pulled him over. That's when Hines advised police there was a pellet pistol in the top bunk of a sleeper in the cab of his rig. Also inside the vehicle were found two open bottles containing an alcoholic beverage. End quote. Two witnesses remained on scene, one describing Heise's, quote, putting the gun out of the window and pointing it at him, end quote. Police also say one of the vehicles, quote, had what appeared to be a bullet hole in the back windshield and the glass was completely shattered around it, end quote. Heinz was taken into custody and charged with two counts of assault with a deadly weapon and transporting an open container of alcohol. Brilliant! just freaking brilliant. I'm sorry, but drivers like this give the rest of us, good people out here, a bad freaking name. You should be locked up and throw away the goddamn key. In other news, 50,000 pounds of milk spilled in a truck driver's fourth Operating while intoxicated incident. Now, see, this is three stories right in a row, back to back to back, and you wonder why I have a show named What in the World is Going On with Trucking? A, tr- a truck driver is facing his fourth OWI charge after a wreck that spilled more than half of his 50,000 pound load of milk. The accident happened on October 23rd in Clinton County Township, Wisconsin at around 2.45 in the morning. According to the news station, 49-year-old truck driver Mark Noble was hauling milk along the 8800 block of East Highway 67 when the rig suddenly left the highway and tipped over into a roadside ditch, trapping Noble inside the cab of the truck. More than half of the 50,000-pound load of milk was spilled in the incident, and Noble had to be rescued from the cab by firefighters who removed the truck's windshield in order to free him. Noble was unhurt in the crash. Police say that Noble showed signs of impairment on the scene and admitted to drinking alcohol. Earlier in the evening, he has is issued several field sobriety tests and arrested on suspicion of his fourth O.W.I. Noble was booked in the Rock County Jail and was scheduled to appear in court uh, that Wednesday. This episode of Julia's Trucking Cafe and News Hour is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shippers or receivers and have to wait to be loaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers, paper mills, grocery warehouses. That's why you need to be prepared with extra food in your truck. My Patriot Supply helps you stay prepared. Now it's not what you're thinking. My Patriot Supply is delicious emergency food. I have some under my bunk. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. And they come in a slim-lined plastic tote with foil packages, easily Ziploc. you don't have to use the whole thing, and it can be stored in your food pantry or under your bunk. I could speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina and the people that survived Hurricane Dorian and all the tornadoes, we were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. If it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. And everybody that is in any kind of a disaster zone, y'all know what I'm talking about. Now for a limited time, you could get a one-week supply of food in a handy and neat looking ammo can for just $39. And they even offer gluten-free food for under $100. All you need to do is go to my website at juliastruckacafe.com. See on the top of the toolbar emergency food supply just click on that tab scroll down click on any of the pictures to find out more information you insure your car you buy health insurance vision and also dental why not buy food insurance you need to stay prepared winter is coming you don't ever know when the roads are going to be shut down because of icy roads blizzard conditions you need to have extra food you are not going to be able to go into a restaurant if the power is out you need to have food in your truck. Always be prepared and be prepared with my Patriot supply. Now in other news, a reckless BMW driver punishes truck drivers with multiple brake checks. A BMW driver with an apparent death wish is caught on camera delivering multiple brake checks on a Pennsylvania highway. The incident reportedly occurred on october nineteenth in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The dash camera writes as follows, quote, I was traveling northbound on Interstate 79 on a sunny Saturday afternoon near Bridgeville. The BMW driver passed the truck, crossing into the exit lane, then cut over into my lane and brake checking me first. Next, the BMW decided to go into the left-hand lane to perform the same maneuver on the other truck and then doing it again to me, causing me to swerve into the left lane, almost rolling my loaded truck over on its side. The BMW sped away. My truck loaded weight weighs about 74,000 pounds, which can't be stopped on a dime like most cars, end quote. And you can view the dash cam footage at the bottom of this article that I'll have in the show notes. And three semi-trucks collide in an Arkansas tunnel. Arkansas transportation officials say that a multiple semi-truck crash blocked an interstate tunnel in northwestern part of the state. The crash was reported around 10 in the morning on Thursday, and this would have been about the 23rd of October, as southbound lanes of I-49 through the Bobby Hopper Tunnel near Mountainburg, Arkansas. Authorities say that three tractor-trailers collided in the tunnel and that one of the trucks jackknifed. It isn't clear whether anyone was injured in the crash. The incident resulted in severe traffic backups as crews worked to remove the crash trucks in the tunnel. Drivers were asked to avoid the area. The cause of the crash at that time remains under investigation. Truck fatalities are at the highest rate since 1988. Are ELDs to blame? Startling new data from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA for short, shows that large truck large truck occupants are dying in crashes at the highest rate in decades, following the implementation of ELDs regulations intended to increase highway safety. On October twenty second, the NHTSA released their report on crash. Crash fatalities in 2018. The first full year since the FMCSA required most truckers to start using ELDs to track the hours of service compliance in December of 2017. The FMCSA promised that the ELD mandate will, quote, help create a safer work environment for drivers, end quote. <clears throat> While there was A 2.4 decrease in crash fatalities for all drivers. The NHTSA data shows that fatal crashes involving large trucks actually increased by nine tenths of a percent. Additionally, large truck occupant fatalities also increased by eight tenths of a percent. To 885 in total for 2019. This marks the highest rate of large truck occupant crash deaths since 1988, when 911, 900, excuse me, when 911 people lost their lives. James Lamb of the Trucking Trade Group Small Business and Transportation Coalition wrote to Congress in the wake of the release of the fatal crash data asking for immediate suspension of the ELD regulations. Lamb argued that ELDs encourage truckers to speed to try to beat the clock, which in turn leads to an increased number of crashes from lamb's letter to congress i quote in any event whereas of fmcsa had promised the industry and public that elds would save 26 lives per year it is now evident that this is not the case our members have reported to us that they have witnessed an increase in truck driver speeding recklessly since the eld rule went into effect to beat the clock a clock that has now become controlled by machines while we either neither condone, excuse me, while we neither condone cheating on paper logs nor speeding, we can understand truck drivers anxiety in that they are trying to avoid starvation because they are paid by the mile. We believe this is the reason for the increase in fatalities these past two years. Rather than FMCSA projected decrease in this, the ELD era, we therefore write to you both today and to respectfully ask you to please immediately suspend the ELD mandate and direct FMCSA to further study this issue to determine whether the ELD rule is ripe for repeal. We believe this would immediately relieve the strain on the industry and protect the public from more fatalities in the remainder of 2019 and moving forward. If you don't know about it on Facebook, there is also a petition going around. We need 100,000 signatures on this petition to put it to, to get the White House to respond to our plea of possibly repealing the ELDs. So I will. Leave a link to the petition once I find it on my Facebook page, Julia's Truckin Cafe page. Now, in other news, police say a language barrier may be to blame after a truck strikes a low bridge. <clears throat> you notice when I correct my throat, my voice, uh, I clear my my throat, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm trying not to be a smart aleck. New York police say that a box truck driver had been ticketed after crashing into a low-clearance railroad bridge earlier that week. The bridge strike occurred just after 3.30 in the afternoon on Monday, October 21st in Salina, New York. The box truck, driven by 54-year-old Ohio-based driver Aiden M. Rahinen. I can't even pronounce his name, struck an Onondaga Lake Parkway railroad bridge dropped at 10 feet 9 inches. No injuries were reported. According to a police report obtained by the local news station, the cause of the crash is believed to be a combination of lack of familiarity with the area and his limited understanding of English as he primarily spoke Arabic. Police say that they had to use his boss via telephone as a translator to get his account of the crash. The driver reportedly told police that, quote, he did not realize nor notice signage warning about the low bridge. Yeah, he could have seen the sign, but didn't know what it meant. When you get a CDL, you're supposed to read and speak and understand English, not Arabic or or spanish or hindu or any other language english a motorist following the truck caught the incident on camera he was ticketed for failure to obey a traffic control device the new york department of transportation said the bridge did not suffer any structural damage during the crash oh that's a good thing so now we have a young man, <coughs> there again, uh, um, he, he's he's a real tough guy. He pled guilty after beating a trucker so brutally, he may never, the driver may never drive again. So this punk needs to be in prison, for all I care. An Idaho man is facing up to a decade in prison, that's all, after he admitted to beating a truck driver with rocks during an attempted robbery. On October 24th, U.S. Attorney Office... District of Ohio, announced that Stormy Ray Atakei 24, ADAKIA, pled guilty to assault, reser- uh, resulting in serious bodily injury. Charges stem. I would have gathered for attempted murder. A charge stem from an incident that occurred around 3 a.m. back in September 2018, in Fort Hall, Idaho, so that was. it took him a year to get him sentenced. Missouri-based truck driver Amos Phillips, 65, was asleep inside his truck, which was parked at the TP gas station off of I-15 near Fort Paul Casino at the Fort, excuse me, Fort Hall Casino at the Fort Hall Indian Reservation. Phillips had visited the casino on a 34-hour restart. Phillips later told police that as he was sleeping, an unknown male, later identified as this Adake, broke into the cab of his truck, and demanded money. When Phillips said that he didn't have any, he uh, reportedly beat him with rocks in both hands. Phillips survived the brutal attack, but suffered a broken nose, a broken orbital eye bone, uh, in other words, he busted out his eye socket, and a brain hemorrhage. He also has seizures as a result of the brain injuries sustained during the beating. Prosecutors say that following the beating, A witness identified this Adake. When police interviewed Adake, he admitted to beating Phillips and said that he did it because he was intoxicated and wanted money. Like that's a reason to beat the hell out of somebody. Phillips spent a few days in the hospital. He later told the Idaho State Journal that... Externally, I'm fine, but from the beating, I may never be able to go back to driving. I have a hematoma, a blood clot on the brain, and they have me on some very serious medications. Because of that, I can't drive commercially. End quote. Adaki's facing up to 10 years in prison, a maximum fine of $250,000, and a term of supervised release of up to three years. He needs to have a hell of a lot more than that. I hope somebody stomps his ass in freaking jail and makes him a m- girlfriend out of him. And if you don't think I can uh should talk that way on my show, well then maybe this show isn't for you. You know, the, the a punk kid like that thinking he's so tough to beat uh beat somebody for some money, it's you know, pretty much a senior citizen. Anyway, in other news, five face federal charges in a staged semi-truck crash scheme. Federal authorities have indicted five people in connection with an insurance fraud scheme involving a fake commercial vehicle crash in New Orleans. On October 24th, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Louisiana announced that Da Damien Lebold, Lucinda Thomas, Mary Wade, Judy Williams, Deshante Young had been indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and wire fraud. The charges stem from a stage accident that occurred on June 6, 2017. Authorities say that Thomas, Wade, Williams, and Young drove from Houma, Louisiana, to New Orleans in order to meet with LeBaud for, quote, the purpose of staging an automobile accident in order to obtain money through fraud, end quote. Thomas allowed LeBaud to drive her 2009 Chevy Avalanche, and all of the defendants got inside the vehicle. Prosecutors described the s- scheme as follows, I quote, the defendants then drove around the vicinity of Chef Mentor Highway and Dowman Road of New Orleans. Till they located a 2017 Freightliner tractor trailer operated by an Arkansas trucking company. At approximately 1230 in the afternoon, LeBode in Intentionally collided with the tractor-trailer. Leboe then exited Thomas' vehicle and instructed Thomas to get behind the wheel of Thomas' avalanche to make it appear that Thomas was driving the vehicle at the time of the stage accident. Thomas, Wade, Williams & Young contacted the New Orleans Police Department and falsely reported that Thomas had been the driver of the avalanche and that the tractor-trailer had struck her vehicle. Leboe then returned to the scene also made false statements to the NOPD that he had witnessed the accident and that the driver of the tractor trailer had been at fault. The indictment also accuses LeBode of contacting, quote, Attorney A, both before and after the crash. Attorney A reportedly paid LeBode $7,500 on the day of the stage crash and then demanded a million dollar settlements of Thomas Wade and Williams. Attorney A also filed two lawsuits. Thomas Wade and Williams are accused of providing false testimony in connection with those lawsuits. After a year of pursuing the fraudulent lawsuits, Thomas, Wade, and Williams settled with the Trucket company for a sum of $7,500 each. LeBaud was arrested by FBI agents in connection with the scheme on October 24th. The other four defendants were ordered to appear in court. If convicted, all five defendants face up to five years in prison, five years of release supervision, and a fine of $250,000 per count. Earlier this month, the United States Attorney General's Office stayed three lawsuits involving plaintiffs who said they were involved in crashes with semi-trucks in New Orleans due to a, quote, ongoing criminal investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office that may involve this case or witnesses or counsel to this proceeding, end quote. If you remember a couple of weeks back, I reported on that. You can go back and listen to a couple of previous shows. And a mega carrier to close a warehouse and lay off dozens of workers. One of the nation's largest trucking companies announced that it will be closing a Pennsylvania warehouse and laying off dozens of workers during the holidays. According to a letter sent on October 23rd to the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry, SWIFT. Night transportation subsidiary Swift Logistics LLC will be shuttering a warehouse facility in New York, Pennsylvania, effective December 31st. As a result of the warehouse closure, 56 workers will be laid off. According to letter, quote, all affected employees have been notified of their separation dates and that their separation from employment will be permanent, end quote. During a recent statement to investors, Knight-Swift pointed to several factors that caused their adjusted operating income to fall from more than 27% for the third quarter of 2019 from 2018, including, quote, increased competition between the intermodal market leading to unexpected reductions of volume and revenue per load and greater than expected pressure on freight rates, primarily due to oversupply of truckload capacity, end quote. That's a lot of legal speak. Knight Swift says that they expect a seasonal improvement in demand during the fourth quarter of 2019, however less than robust than originally projected, end quote. So far in 2019, a number of trucking companies, both large and small, have declared bankruptcy, closed major divisions, or even shut down completely. I, those including Falcon Transport, LME, and NEMF, and HVH Transport. And I've reported on all of those stories. And a semi-truck placed chicken with a car driver in a video clip. A motorist shared an unnerving video of a too-close-for-comfort encounter he had with a semi-truck on a Colorado highway. The motorist said that the incident occurred on Highway 385 near Springfield, Colorado. He writes, I just passed a cop watching traffic a mile closer to town. I'm heading south. These cargo truckers drive in groups and then leapfrog each other. In this case, two trucks were leapfrogging three other trucks at the same time. I had to swerve for the second irresponsible trucker, in quote. You could view the video of the close call below. Um, yeah, but if you weren't going like a bat out of hell, you wouldn't have to worry about that now, will you, Mr. Motorist? And a website blunder exposed tax IDs, social security numbers, Of 30,000 drivers and carriers. This was reported on October 25th. A unified carrier registration or UCR plan says that a website error exposed sensitive data for tens of thousands of truckers and motor carriers earlier this year and we're first finding out about it now? Jesus! According to a recent press release posted on UCR website, during a 28-day period between March 1st and March 28th, a website vulnerability left the UCR registrate's tax ID number on the status bar of the web browser of the receipt created upon completion of the registration process in the National Registration System. UCR says that the Tax ID website error impacts about 30,000 drivers and carriers. Additionally, the FMCSA joined in the investigation into the security lapse. The agencies concluded that Social Security numbers of about 23,000 registrants were also potentially exposed during the 28-day period. UCR says that after learning about the website vulnerability on March 28th, the issue was immediately corrected and cybersecurity experts were brought in to investigate the incident. From the UCR news release, quote, As of today, the UCR is confident that there is no further risk of tax ID number exposure. The issue has been resolved since the afternoon of March 28th, 2019, and no future occurrence of displaying tax ID numbers of registrants can occur end quote. The UCR says they intend to rectify the incident by reaching out to a pool of 23,000 registrants via email to inform them the possible social security number exposure and to offer them identity monitoring services. Oh, isn't that special? That is just so nice of you to cover up your screw up. Like, seriously. Remember, uh, last week? Straight-line winds toppled over seven semis on Interstate 40 in Tennessee. Tennessee troopers say that windy conditions were to blame for multiple trucks that overturned on I-40 over the weekend. The blowovers were reported on Saturday afternoon in Decatur and Henderson counties, according to Tennessee Highway Patrol. Troopers said that Quote, straight line winds have overturned approximately seven semis along I-40. Fortunately, no injuries were reported. And a trooper shoots at a truck driver intentionally who was driving the wrong way on the interstate. Troopers say that they became suspicious when a truck driver and a passenger switched seats. Just before a roadside inspection. Oh, you weren't supposed to do that. Dang it. I thought you could do that. I mean, when I was running team, when I was training, we kind of did that. Did I say that? I didn't say that. Arizona troopers say that a routine commercial vehicle inspection, there is nothing routine about a a motor vehicle inspection, escalated into wrong-way police pursuit and an officer-involved shooting last Friday, which would have been... Around the 23rd, 24th, somewhere in there. The incident that led to the shooting started on the 25th on Friday, excuse me, at 7.30 in the morning on I-40 eastbound of Flagstaff, Arizona. According to a press release from the Arizona Department of Public Safety, the incident began when a trooper pulled over a tractor trailer for a vehicle inspection. Before the inspection, the trooper said that he spotted the truck driver and the passenger suspiciously switching places. (gasps) During the inspection, a citizen told the trooper that he saw one of the truck occupants throw something into the median before the inspection. Trooper later discovered a package filled with a powdery substance in the median. Hmm, wonder what that could be. Troopers say that while both the truck driver and passenger were outside the truck during the traffic stop, one of the men got back inside the semi-truck and fled. Alrighty then. Um, how come you didn't have him standing over by the cop car or in the building or something? Police immediately pursued the semi-truck. The truck driver drove around stop sticks and reportedly tried to ram a police pursuing him. Eventually, the truck driver entered the eastbound lanes of I-40, driving west. It was at this point that the trooper made the decision to use his firearm to stop the pursuit. A trooper who recognized the need to stop the imminent threat to life created by the suspect positioned himself on Walnut Canyon Road overpass, uh, uh, Interstate 40. As the suspect approached the overpass, the trooper fired his service rifle at the suspect, wounding him. The commercial truck began to decelerate, after which it impacted another commercial vehicle and came to a stop. Injuries from this collision were minor. So, instead of chasing him down because they probably couldn't catch him, he got up on top of an overpass, took out his rifle with a scope, and shot the driver who was going the wrong way on the interstate. And luckily that truck didn't stop and didn't mow over other vehicles and other cars and all this kind of thing. And the trooper thinks he did the right thing. What do you think? Leave a comment in the comment section. Did the trooper do the right thing? And some more news. Thousands of truckers asked Trump to immediately shut down ELDs. And this is that petition that I just talked, I was talking about it just a few minutes ago. A petition asking the White House to immediately suspend ELDs has garnered thousands of signatures in just a few days. On October 25th, the SBTC, Small Business and Transportation Coalition, created a White House.gov petition asking the U.S. government to intervene to suspend current, current, excuse me, ELD regulations in the wake of the new crash data that shows that fatal trucker crashes increased in the first full year of the ELD mandate. Since the petition was created, it has been signed by 9,815 individuals, and yes, sir buddy I was one of them. On October twenty-second, 2019, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration of the U.S. Department of Transportation released new data that showed that in 2018, the first full year, the new ELD rule was in effect. The trucking industry to enforce commercial motor vehicle operators' compliance with hours of service regulations... <sighs> That's a mouthful. More than two occupants of large trucks died every single day. This is the highest number of such deaths since 1988, making this stat a 30-year high. We believe ELDs have caused drivers anxiety to such levels that many now recklessly speed to beat the clock. <coughs> we call on the White House to direct the USDOT to act on NHG. SA findings and immediately suspend ELDs until unintended consequences can be studied to decide if the rule is ripe for repeal. Quote, when 10,000 people immediately go out of their way over the weekend to sign a petition, you know you're dealing with an issue that must be addressed. SBTC President James Lamb said, quote, that requires the President, Congress, the USDOT, bureaucracy, and the media to feel a passion of members of the industry and to listen to their concerns, end quote. And since Martinez is no longer longer there. The October 22nd NHTSA report showed that while crash fatalities in all categories were down 2018, large truck occupant fatalities increased by eight-tenths of a percent to 885 in total for the year. The petition must gain another 90,185 signatures by November 24th to receive a response from the White House. If you would like to sign the petition, Come to atcafe.com. Go to the show notes. I'll also have this article on my Facebook page. Scroll down to the bottom and just click. There's a link there that says click here. And it'll take you to the petition so you could go ahead and sign, sign it. I will leave that up to each individual person to go ahead and sign it. And a trucker can't avoid Kentucky Highway Chaos. A rear-end crash involving two motorists turns into a bad day for a trucker minding his own business in this dash cam video. The dash cam clip was captured on October 13th in Florence, Kentucky. Uh, the dash camera describes the crash as follows. A pickup pulling a trailer was rear-ended by a white SUV driven by a female with a male passenger. The pickup driven by the older male lost control and jackknifed across two lanes into a path of a semi that was unable to stop in time and collided with the pickup. The white SUV continued losing control and spun out, hitting a black SUV with a younger couple and a dog inside. Uh, The at-fault driver has been transported to the hospital due to chest pains. There were no other injuries, including the dog. Both SUVs were totaled, minor damage to the semi, and repair work was needed on the pickup truck. In order to see this dash cam footage, just truck on over to julia'struckatcafe.com website go under the cafe menu and the show notes and this show will be entitled major truck crashes are up our elds to blame as always i appreciate all of my new listeners please let me know what you think about the new intro music that i just did and if you wouldn't mind please stop by and subscribe to our email list Everything that you see is, or would like to know about is under the cafe menu, the shows, the show notes, subscription to the email list, cooking in your truck, all of it. Also, please uh, check out our page of Stupid Things That Drivers Do. In the future, if I'm having new things coming out and you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting the new things that are in the works. Before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one. If you would like to hear me on a podcast app, I'm on iHeart. I'm on the Pandora app, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and many more. We also have a Facebook page. Stop in and say hello. And don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Trucker Cafe Regulars. So I hope all of you have a blessed week. I have been doing a lot of work on the video side of things. So that's why I'm sorry this is coming out so late in the week. I greatly apologize. Thank you for being a continued listener. I appreciate all of my listeners. I love you all dearly. And hopefully we could get trending on Facebook and Twitter. Please keep liking the show. Please keep commenting. I greatly appreciate your time. And have a blessed week. And keep the shiny side up. And until next time... have been listening to Julia's Truck and Cafe and News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.